One of the entertaining aspects of TikTok, of course, is the fact that you can't talk about porn. You have to talk about corn. Uh-huh. Uh, you can't talk about your uh, penis. You have to say like, well, there, there are various things people say. Uh, okay, to, but to it's avoid. basically a attractive young woman talking about how tight her vagina is. <laughs> well, when right? you say it that way, when you say it that way, but this is this is so tight that like she can't have sex, so it's not like okay. <laughs> but fair point. Fair well, point. Like, I'm, I, okay, I don't so, know if that's going to stop people from fantasizing. <laughs> but, uh, fair enough. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships using candor and humor that is sometimes controversial, but usually in good faith. Today, we're going to talk a little more about, and I apologize about this in advance, but face farting. Also, a woman Uh who can't tolerate penetration uh, after she orgasms, a woman bringing a sex toy to her first hookup with a new partner, and more. I'm Keith. My co-host is Mike. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Keith. Yeah, we can look forward to that face farting content, but first... We've been discussing offline a little bit about this, I don't know exactly what to call her, I suppose public intellectual. Her Twitter handle is Ella Girl, A-E-L-L-A underscore girl. Oh, I and, actually know that name now that you say it with the A. Okay, go on. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's supposed to be Aya Girl, or I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, her... One of her early claims to fame was nine years ago, she made a post to uh, the Gone Wild subreddit, and uh, it was, for years, the top ever post on Gone Wild. So I've just messaged it to you. Do you, do you see it? Right. All right. So I'm you, opening you, it you right should, now. I, I, you I'm should familiar. click through. It it's goes just a to picture. A, it, yeah, click through. It goes to an immigrant gallery. Oh, got it. Okay. It's, I have to tell it I'm over 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely seen this gallery before. I, um, and it, oh yeah, I don't like this. Right. It's because, right. It's the one where she poses with a set of like little figurines of the seven uh, dwarves, maybe like Christmas dwarves or something. And I, yeah. it's not, um, it's actually not compelling. Like it starts off. I mean, she's sort of naked and stuff and you're like, oh, this is going to be okay. And then it's actually not that compelling, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the combination of her conventional attractiveness and she does this sort of humor thing where the dwarves, <laughs> I don't know if they're assaulting her or what exactly they're doing, but they they sort of pull her out of the room and it's, it's mildly entertaining and she's completely naked and she's in very good shape. And so for a long time, it was the number one post on Gone Wild. Uh, okay. She... Uh, is now, I think, more famous for being a public intellectual. She has over 100,000 followers on Twitter, and she posts some sort of controversial stuff from time to time. Uh, She posted an essay. The reason why she came up amongst us was she posted an essay. I think this essay is from like 2017 or something, but I, I sent it to you the other day, and we've been discussing it a little bit since, and we thought it might make for some good content here, right? Yes. So maybe the place to start is uh, there's a segment here that'll take me, I think, about a minute to read, and it sort of sets up the premise of her essay in a way that I think will be enough to carry on our own discussion of it. So are you ready? Yes, definitely. Okay. All right. She says, I think the sense of unease among women for this sexual gaze comes from something a bit deeper. Men want sex from women really, really badly. Women have the power, particularly in today's society, to give it to them or withhold. When women have this thing, and she capitalizes thing, that men want, and men have to submit, earn, beg, work, steal to get it, then this creates a fundamental inequity, inequality in interactions. The problem is a power imbalance. A woman thinks, Is this man interacting with me for me, or is he after the thing I have that he wants? A woman has to make sure she's not accidentally using the thing men want in order to manipulate men. A woman has to be wary of men upset about her having the thing and lashing out or taking it by force. A woman has to deal with men focusing on the thing she has rather than all of her other accomplishments. And finally, a woman has to deal with the feeling that her worth to society depends on how much of the thing she has, that society only really values the thing, that the rest of her doesn't really matter to society. So I'll stop there. Um, 
why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, I mean, I think as a general matter, I find I find this an interesting um, line of reasoning because she she's basically separating her personality or persona into two parts, right? She's basically saying that uh, she, or she's saying women, feel like they are, uh, you know, just just a person, you know, in, in, the, in the way a man is just a person. I mean, like, like men have obviously multiple elements to who they are and so forth. But, but you, you know, you, uh, in some ways, like a, the, 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 in, in a sexual context, the, who a man is, is, is more basic than it is for a woman because mm-hmm. uh, male attractiveness clusters more around uh, some kind of midpoint. I mean, men, it's, it's harder for a man to be super attractive or super unattractive. Well, maybe super unattractive is doable, but like most men are just kind of guys, right? So it's, you know, so men th- therefore when they interact with another person, can be pretty sure that they're just being interacted with as this personality, this person who has various traits, accomplishments, whatever. Uh, whereas for a woman, you know, there's this second part, which is you're a person that has that's equivalent to a man in that regard, and then you have this thing that makes it so that that's 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 very desirable that other people want. And so, you know, very, so the obvious core, right? And so the obvious corollary is let's say in a work context, if a woman is being interviewed for a job, she then has to ask herself, well, is this person asking me questions because he wants to understand how I would deal with this work situation? Or is this guy just trying to get the thing, which obviously is sex for me. And I think that's, I think, I think there's like something profound or it's relative, maybe not profound, but it's like, it's, I think it's right. It's a reasonable way to look at it. That basically women have this uh, challenge of dis- differentiating or discerning uh, discerning what what people are after all the time, and that basically forces them to be on a guard in a way that that the men do not have to be forced on guard, put on guard. Is, is that sort of your read of this? Yeah, I think the intention of every interaction has to be called into question because <laughs> men so desperately want to to have sex, and so if you are, especially if you're a sexually attractive person that's almost always going to be the number one priority for people interacting with you, uh, even in completely non-sexual experiences. And um, I'm sure that could accrete some frustration over time. Yeah. I mean, this even extends to just a friendship interaction. I've uh, a kind of standard thing that I've seen said to women is uh even, you know, even, you know, let's say a woman has five male friends that she's just, yeah, just friends, like I would be friends with a woman. But then if somebody challenges her and says, well, okay, but let's say you took a random one of those five and you said, hey, I want to give you a blowjob. Like, would he say no? And she, I mean, it's possible he'd say no, but it's not, uh, it's not necessarily as likely as it is if you turn the tables. Yeah. I mean, if, you can if, get if, it yeah. to, you can get it to a hundred percent that they would say yes if you say something like, have you ever thought about me blowing you, right? Like there may be various circumstances <laughs> that create, that cause a man to say no to a beautiful woman, but they would not be because of his basal instinct. His basal instinct is to say yes to any sexual situation that is presented to him from uh, someone that they have vetted as sexually attractive. Right, so is, so is there any way for a man to actually understand. Uh, I, I guess it should also be noted that uh, this thing that she's talking about, she doesn't say this in her commentary, but this thing that she's talking about is something that has a lifespan. And so yeah. uh, obviously a woman at past a certain age, like no longer has the thing. And that's kind of interesting. So it means that women, all women who live long enough, I think that's right. All women who live long enough is right. will see what it's like to not have. And of course, when they're ch- children, they would remember what it was like to be uh, I guess, quote unquote, normal and to not have that thing. Uh, and later in life, they will experience that because people will stop pursuing them and they they will stop expecting that sort of pursuit. So it's not like they will never have that. But 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 I'm curious if you think that there is, and she talks a little bit about this later in the, the article, and we can link, of course, the article in the show notes so people can click on it and read the whole thing. But yeah, is there something, the is there a way from, ah, for sure. Is there a way for men to have any sort of either have this experience just to know what it's like or a way for a man to understand at least intellectually 
uh, well, intellectually, you can just imagine it, but I mean, is there a way to go beyond that and to sort of have this experience? And I'm thinking like, maybe there's something in your life where you've had, you felt like you were like this, like being a uh, relatively sure. tall white man in certain countries, or maybe having money in a certain country, or I, I don't know. Is there something like this that you've I experienced? Think I think it's hard to get, to simulate an experience that is as pervasive and constant as the experience for an attractive woman. But I've gotten unwanted attention from people before, and it's, can be sort of frustrating, uh, you know. But this you, isn't unwanted attention, right? This is a little bit different from that. This is an interaction where, uh, or or something pervasive where your interactions it's always this ambiguity as to whether uh, the person is yeah. interacting with you as person one or person two, where person two is the attractive person they want to have sex with, and person one is just a person, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've. Yeah, I was thinking I could create a situation where <laughs> I'm trying to interact with someone in a non-sexual way and they're just insisting that everything be uh, cast in that light. And that's that's frustrating. But you're right. That's not really the same thing. I've been to places where, I don't know, for example, I'm waiting in line at a hotel and they open another counter to speed the lineup and they just call me up instead of the rest of the people in the line who look differently from me. And, huh. but, but that, that, I don't know, that could be some sort of white privilege. Right. But, but it's, I don't know, that's something like, you know, being chosen for the way you look, which is not something a male experiences very often. Could also be sex uh, podcaster privilege. They might have mm, known your right, profession. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I've recognized the world over. For sure. By, by uh, so the, all of our listeners. That's right. The um, We have uh, listeners all around the world. Uh, we have a, a map that shows us. We, true. we encompass the globe. Every time zone is covered. Mm -hmm. uh, I think. That's actually an interesting question. We're still waiting for that zone. Antarctic no, we haven't listener. had an Antarctic listen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the obvious ones that come to my mind, although it wouldn't be as pervasive, the pervasiveness I think might be impossible actually for a man to accomplish unless it was something like something preposterous, like a man that's wealthy and has a lot of food and like a famine stricken <laughs> village or something like then. Okay, sure. fine. Maybe you would, yeah, or you're you would be like, well, that, well, that was what I was going to is even, well, even if you were a rock star or a, an athlete. Uh, sports star. Mm -hmm. Even then, I don't think you would achieve the same level of pervasive attention. I think the only thing you could get to as a man would be um, a lot of attention. But there, but the but the yeah. the level, the thing she's talking about is actually, I think, virtually one hundred percent of men. Like this is the point: is that uh, yeah, virtually say more than fifty percent of men in any situation would be willing to have sex with her immediately right. if they were, or more or less immediately if if she was if she were willing well, to, yeah. and various conditions were met. And every conversation, she doesn't know. Well, she knows. She knows. But I think a lot of women who haven't codified this in their mind might not, and might feel some confusion and frustration about this. But it's can be difficult to tell if they're just flirting with you or actually interested in the substance of your character. And the answer for particularly attractive women is almost always going to be, yeah, it's sexual interest and not character interest. Now, that could offer certain advantages, right? Like if you're trying to get a job, for example. Um, sure. Although you can imagine situations where it can be disadvantageous too. But yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I think I prefer, I think, <laughs> I'm pretty narcissistic, but I think I prefer uh, the, the male experience here. I think, it, well, I think it would depend on, I mean, there's a, so there's a related thing here, which is she, she goes on to talk about, and we talked about this a little on the last episode. She goes on to talk about the, um, uh, the notion that if you removed this reality, that maybe women would ha be more interested in casual sex. Uh, there oh, are other right. things you would want to have removed as well as I think that's the thing we talked about last last week was like the shame dimension, like whether people whether a woman's quote unquote body count going up lowers her value as a person, which, it, you know, honestly, like culturally, I think in all cultures, basically it does. Yeah. Uh, and women sort of impose that on themselves, too. So I think that's just a reality of that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so there, so there, so there is like this. Whereas, if you so one difficult thing to do to imagine would be as a man, if you retained the same interest in sex and sex drive uh, that you have as a normal man in this sort of magic situation or the super you know superhero situation where you were treated the way a woman is, well, it actually could seem kind of awesome because now you basically have unlimited access to sexual variety anytime you want. However, I don't think that's actually how that would work. And my read on most uh, uh, people who are sort of in this situation, uh, whether it's stars of some kind or athletes or whatever, maybe maybe some sort of politicians, is it actually tends to, I think, for men, lower their interest. Uh, famously, I was just reading an article about how the lead singer of Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, would often prefer drugs to women. Like it was a huh. standard thing for him. He'd just be like, no, he'd be like, uh, can you get over here? And she, the woman thinks she's going to have sex with him. He's like, oh, bring, bring the, bring the cocaine <laughs> or whatever his drug of choice. Was. Yeah. 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 I think there's something about the pursuit when we mentioned this briefly in the past, well, yeah. extensively in the past, even there's something about the pursuit that is, I think a requirement for male arousal or effectively a requirement. And so, yeah, I mean, you think about like VR porn or like the perfect sex robot, you would have to simulate the right amount of resistance to. So in this context, how could you understand women? Like, for example, wouldn't it be reasonable given her criticism or her <clears throat> characterization of the female condition to expect women to basically have a well-figured out strategy for appearing less attractive in many situations? To basically try to reduce this and and be able to move, be, have have a bimodal existence. In other words, like why does I the cosmetics the industry and everything try to push the other direction? If this is, uh, yeah. Well, she mentions this at least briefly. Um, there's so much pressure to maximize the thing that, yeah, I, there. I think your brain gets trained toward doing that. There might also be some genetic reasons why people are compelled to maximize their attractiveness. So basically a desire to get the best partner causes you to perhaps er erroneously in a modern society, maximize your attractiveness. Well, it depends on what you want. I look, I suspect that the experience of uh, women in their mid to late thirties going from being extremely beautiful to somewhat beautiful to attractive, but you know, to sort of not sexually desirable, I suspect that is not a fun experience. And right. I suspect the experience going in the other direction, almost regardless of where you start is, is pretty positive. And so I think that's natural, but just for the sake of the thought experiment, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there are various things where being less attractive has more positive outcomes than, than being more attractive, applying for, I, I don't know, some sort of extremely serious job where maybe your attractiveness could betray some, you know, negative qualities. I'm not sure. Do you yeah, know, what obviously. I'm yeah, I do. There is no rush among women to sort of scarify their bodies or to right. sort of become less attractive. If you if you ex if you exclude the sort of in the previous the most recent decades uh, move toward women getting tattoos, which I don't think is about that. I don't think trying to make themselves less attractive. It's more just like an artistic expression thing. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't. That's that's obviously not a well, direction that. Let's try yeah. to think of a scenario where they would want to be less attractive. One just came to my mind and I talked myself into it and then out of it. But the thought was a lot of times a gaggle of women will get together to go to a bar mm -hmm. uh, and they just want to go and chat with their friends and, you know, have a few drinks. They're not there to pick up men. That might be sure. like a, a you know tertiary objective or something, but... You know, in that situation, it could be useful to put a mask on, uh, so to speak, and be less attractive. But the reason why I talked myself out of it is, yeah, I mean, I think it is often the case that they're not there to pick up men. But it, a big part of going out for women, I think, is to, you know, quote unquote, look cute. And it's, you know, maybe it's not for men, maybe it's for themselves or their friends. But 
yes, so much of the female experience is built around amplifying their attractiveness. And it's not just for men. It's not always sexual. And so, I don't know, I'm having problems coming up with a situation where a woman would voluntarily want to look worse. Right. And there also are, I mean, look, there's a set of jobs. Even if you said, well, hey, I'm going to go get a job where attractiveness is irrelevant. And so therefore I want to eliminate this thing so that that I'm I'm treated in the same way as a man. Um, There is a whole categories of jobs where men are actually just better at the jobs. Uh, Anything involving physical strength, for example. I mean, sure, actually are larger and physically stronger than women. And so, um, yeah, I mean, so, so, so in some ways you are reducing concretely your, your value, uh, without necessarily upping some other piece of value. So, so it, it, it would, it would be hard to convince, I think a woman to give up that, that thing because there could be certain advantages and men do also have certain advantages. Right. And so, yeah. you know, it's like, you're not, you're not. You're not giving them an advantage in return uh, for doing that, well, unless about, they were to go like full transsexual and like take steroids and then become stronger, and that could be very interesting. Sure, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm trying to construe a situation. Okay, so like a waitress, you might say, could get exhausted by men constantly flirting with them and you know asking them what they're doing after work and all this sorts of nonsense. And so you might say like, oh well, you know, maybe they would volunteer to dress themselves down for that kind of job, but they don't, they don't want to do that because that'll affect their tips. That'll affect people's, that'll affect people's perceived experience of them. And so, all right, so that, that one doesn't work. What about like, let's say you work, let's say you work at the DMV. Okay. And you just see customers all day and you don't, there's, there's no tipping. There's no chance of tipping. I think even in that situation, it would be a pretty jarring experience for an attractive woman to de-attractify herself. I think she would find, yeah, like everyone's being a little bit meaner. Everyone's being a little bit more short with me. Everyone's a little bit less patient. And yeah, it, yeah. I think that's possible. I, I was going to say that the Mythbusters did a test on the breast size waitress, uh, or it was actually somebody behind a counter experience. And they found that it did affect tips. The largest they used the breasts. same woman. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. They did like, you know, prosthetic or whatever. Yeah. And, um, uh, and they found that the tips from women actually also were higher if the uh, woman had larger breasts, whether it was, they, they felt for her or whether it was just, yeah. I mean, that, that like everybody yeah, I mean, appreciates attractiveness. Attractiveness is valued. It's the same men to men. Uh, I, I, can't remember. I've read that in the past. I don't remember the setups of the studies, but yeah, um, yeah. And also, I mean, there like uh, there there are plenty of women who make TikTok videos where they go through their tips, including women who work at like places like Hooters. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you can see they're very they're look they're. I mean, why wouldn't you want to make more money? It's an obvious way that you can make more money, and they do, in fact, do quite well. I mean, uh, women can make a lot of money in tips at Hooters. So I mean, it's kind of yeah. lame on some level, but it's. On the flip side, it's a thing a man simply cannot do to make money. So right. there's a positive. Anyhow. All right. Let's move on um, back to face farting. So here we <laughs> go. Yeah. For people who didn't listen to last episode, this is relevant to last episode. That's why I'm bringing this up. I don't plan on bringing up gross out stuff more than once every few episodes all right this person says my boyfriend has a weird fetish guess what it is in 99 out of 100 ways i love this man but i don't know if this is a deal breaker help i don't know how else to put it so i'm just going to say it like it is this motherfucker wants to fart on my face i'm the one who started us Hmm. up the slippery slope of ass eating i figured you eat my ass i'll eat your ass everybody salads toss boom that's as nasty as we get it one day this man kind of farted when i was eating his butt it kind of shocked me but I thought he was mortified since he stiffened up and it got real quiet and I just kept going. Can't say I haven't queefed in his face before. It's sex. Weird things happen oh, sometimes. Jesus. You keep it moving, right? He wasn't fucking mortified. He was turned the fuck on, apparently. That was a calculated fart. We had this big ass discussion last night. He wants to fart in my face like as a routine thing. He says he dreams of it nonstop. I don't know what to do. I'm not down for that. I was a trooper for one fart, singular fart. I'm lucky to have survived not happening again. We've been through everything, though, since high school, and I don't know what to do. I know this reads funny. It does. Like, I get that, but but out yourself in my sh- but put yourself in my shoes. There's nine years. I'm not sure if I'm going to walk away from or what. I'm not down with his fetish, but I feel guilty as fuck for walking away for that one thing. But he's telling me he doesn't even come without thinking of it now. <laughs> Anyone else <laughs> been through anything like this? 
what do I do? Have you uh, been through something like this, Keith? No, I have <laughs> not suffered the indignity of someone demanding to me to perform some sort of disgustingly submissive act in order to enjoy sex. Is that, oh, is that what this is? Is this uh, is is that why this is attractive to the guy? You think? I don't know. I mean, let's just let's just whiteboard other possible theories. What could it be? I I yeah. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I like I I didn't I didn't first peg this as like a dominant submission thing, but I guess it obviously is. So you're probably right. I, for some reason, I just had it as just some sort of weird, like kind of German shisa porn addiction mm, or something. Which yeah. I don't know if that's always addiction, or rather a a submission, or it can be just somebody who's into like poop. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I thought of along those lines, but it's fair though. Like, I mean, maybe there's no real difference. Like if you're in, uh, yeah, it's hard. To yeah. I think they're all, the other. uh, in the <laughs> submissive tree. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not into ass eating. I'm not into scat play. And so <laughs> I don't play. I don't understand, uh, the intrigues that people can feel. Uh, emanating from that region, uh, be it uh, solid, liquid, or gas. And so uh, it's just confusing to me. There um, used to be a, a website uh, called shitcity.com. Uh -huh. And their tagline was, and you could probably find it on the Wayback Machine if people want, Shit City's tagline was, we shit on everything. And they did. They shat on everything. And, what, and uh, I pictures? used to... Uh, oh, videos, everything. Just It was just poo everywhere. Um, it was sort of the follow-on. There was one before that called Farm Teens, which was pretty brutal. I, I'm just <laughs> saying follow-in in the sense in my life. Uh, the ones yeah, that like yeah. kind of gross outside. Anyway, Shit City, I, uh, several times I went to an Apple store and helpfully set the homepage on all the default, on all the browsers. Oh, that's really considerate, yeah. Computers to shit city. So then, <laughs> so, I mean, Good yeah. work. I'm sure that's a, they, of course they've, you know, since installed whatever firewalls they need to stop. That oh yeah, they have like a thousand person team agonizing yes. over every pixel that you're allowed to click in yes. the, in but the uh, Apple maybe store now. 10 plus years ago, you could do that. And it was kind of an enjoyable uh, little I troll. Went to, I went to shit city yeah. right now. And ironically, or coincidentally, I suppose it, tries to open a link to iTunes. I, I declined. I don't, I don't yeah, know what's going to happen. They no longer okay shit there. on everything. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is a, like, I, I actually generally have had less exposure to this uh, type of porn in the last like 10 years. Like it's like mainstream has sort of become much yeah, more commonplace up. or something. So you don't run into this stuff all the time, but I know it's out there. Um, and it's really hard to understand. Uh, it does seem like maybe borderline mental illness for a person, but if if you go the dominant submission vein here, it's more understandable. And so like, then the advice to her might be something like, well, is there something else? If it was dominant submission, maybe there's something else they could do that would like get him that same thrill that doesn't have huh. to involve poop or farts. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that's actually surprisingly remarkably good advice coming from you, which is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the, uh, you know, instinctual reason that this man thinks he wants this is, but she should talk to him about that. And maybe after they figure out what it is, they can arrive at a place that isn't I feel, letting loose I, I in feel, her face. I feel bad for a guy who, if she's telling the truth, that the only way he can orgasm is to imagine himself farting in someone's yeah. face. That's, that's too bad. Like, so, I mean, just imagine I know. what's going through your mind as your whatever uh, to get to get there. Right. That's rough. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of thinking about farting. Yeah. I think generally women would prefer not to know, uh, to have any insight into the images flashing through their partner's minds during orgasm or leading up to orgasm. Oh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I've they seen, might, I mean, look, yeah, I've seen okay. numerous posts where women are sort of flattered because the guy is, well, we, we had one where we looked at it. Oh the woman, my God. The guy had a picture. We decided it was, he'd done it as he, quickly right. changed what he was looking right. at. But the woman, the woman thought he was looking at pictures of her. Uh, okay. That's not that, but, but I mean, if a, if a guy's thinking of her, which could is believable, that's right. believable. Uh, you know, that, that's sort of flattering. So I think that if it's things like that, but if it's the grosser, it gets the worst. I mean, yeah, she doesn't want you to say, Hey, when I'm beating off, uh, you know, I, I'm just imagining fucking a goat or like right. a hamster or something. I mean, that's just not like, right. Or even something like Hugh Jackman, right? Like you just don't, 
yeah, there's there's some things that are are better kept kept uh, obscured. Um, right. I think we're done with face farting for a while. Good. So, good. Um, let's move on. Uh, this woman says, after coming as a woman, do you still enjoy being penetrated to get him off? My last partner mm. got me off and continued to penetrate me. I felt like I needed a break, but didn't speak up because I wanted to get him off too. She means have him orgasm, not get him off of her. And I feel like he was trying to get a double orgasm or something. I kind of felt like a doll for him to play with in that moment and ended up pushing him off me. He was very confused. I'm just curious whether other women prefer to stop being penetrated after orgasm. So I brought this up. Longtime listeners will- After the man's orgasm. Yes. Go on. So the man, no, 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 sorry. She has orgasmed and okay. she is no longer enjoying being penetrated by him. Okay. So this is sort of a reversal of the, you know, the male post-nut clarity thing. She and has- she's, she's characterizing her as just being a doll. Okay, fine. I, I thought, I, I thought- She okay, says, yeah. I kind of felt like a doll for him to play with. So I think you, the word you use to describe this experience is it, it starts feeling clinical, right? So in your post-nut clarity, when you lack arousal, interacting with female genitalia can start feeling clinical. She says she feels like a doll for him to play with, but I think she's sort of I describing the suspect, same thing here. I strongly suspect that this happens to women a lot. In other words, that women, for women, it often feels, can feel clinical because okay, yeah, but, their arousal is lower in general than men or they're less likely to have an <laughs> orgasm in every encounter, et cetera. Like okay. the, I think this is a thing women probably have happen. Yes. Okay. Setting aside your cynicism that women can enjoy sex at all, no, 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 no. Uh, I think a percentage think, of the time, but go on. Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. But do you think, I mean, this person is reporting some sort of cliff in her perceived uh, arousal uh, immediately after orgasming. And, and one thing that I've found is kind of nice about women is that they don't have that same cliff in general as, as men do, but she seems to have right. it all the time. And so I thought this was interesting. Right. I mean, there's, there's, it's for men, there's a higher... It, it's not that, I mean, because I'll, I'll get yelled at if I say, oh, there's a higher kind of, you know, upward element of the cliff that you, you climb higher. It's not exactly that. I mean, women can have, you know, and many people will say, oh, a woman's orgasm is much stronger than a man's. I think they're around the same. That's my, I think that's the logical uh, starting point to assume. Uh -huh. okay. uh, but, uh, but I do think that, I mean, it's fair to say, I think that like the male desire, <laughs> just, you know, from what you see in society from the amount of pursuit that men do toward women is, is, is on some level higher. And so then there's more to fall, like in terms of he's really into it and then he's less into it. And I think women like it's a, a kind of a more gradual and more gentle situation. And so you're not experiencing this big come down, but of course this woman is. And I think you were going to mention earlier that you've had a partner in the past that had this, that had this. Yeah, I guess right. I forgot about her. Yes, she did have, uh, well, her behavior implied she was having this exact experience, right? As soon as she orgasmed. Uh, and the issue with her was that she orgasmed very quickly after penetration, uh, usually within. Yeah, and actually this gets into, the, so this actually makes minutes. me think about something from last episode we didn't explore as much as I would have liked to, which is your dis relative dislike of masturbating in front of your partners, which I wasn't mm. aware of until last episode. Um, right. Well, now that you've had I have some to time say to that think about it. Yeah, not that I not that I'm like the kind of guy who's just gonna like sit in a chair and beat off like while my partner's watching TV or something. And it's not that. It's just it doesn't bother. Yeah, it doesn't. It, yeah, I don't have that level. Although <laughs> there's something kind of fetishy and cool about that, but I don't have that level of interest. Hmm. Uh, but it doesn't sort of Listeners bother me. Listeners could decide. Yeah. Well, uh, this is all consensual, <laughs> assuming it's consensual. Uh -huh. um, well, that, that that I mean, you literally sound like you're parroting Louis C.K. here. He's like, I thought they wanted me to. Look, there has to be a situation <laughs> where a woman can consent to a man beating off in front of her. Like that's silly. Fine. I'm just teasing. Go possible. on. Sorry. Okay. So with this partner, given you, it's actually kind of interesting, it's an interesting double bind. She doesn't want PIV anymore because she's finished. Mm -hmm. uh, and you want to have an orgasm, but you don't want to masturbate. So what? <laughs> Where does sure where does happens. that leave me? When this so occurs? I realize I realize that some of the time, because I'm aware of this kind of amusing thing, that some of the time you would try to just like come really fast before her post nut or whatever post. Yeah. What would the word be? It's not nut, but post something. We have to think of a word there. Clarity comes in, but your uh, what what? It, let's say you weren't fast enough. Then what? Are you just going blue balls town? Yeah, I was. Really? Yes. 
I was I was more uncomfortable relieving myself in the bathroom or whatever alternatives could have existed than I that was incredible with to me. the physical blue balls discomfort. Wow, you just yeah, you're just not a very like there's, there's some lack of dominance there. Like it just doesn't like because is this because she was not sorry, I shouldn't say that's too strong, but saying lack of dominance maybe. But but this isn't is it that she was totally unwilling to do anything sexually with you at all after her orgasm? Yes, that was in, in mm. spirit, if not exactly the experience. But there could be something dominant. Like if you wanted to really yeah, dominate wonder... her, you'd be like, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna have to like uh, let yeah. me nut in your mouth." Yeah, I mean, this person was, gosh, must be at least ten years ago now, and so I'm mm -hmm. not sure how I would react now. I think. Okay. I mean, yeah, I was sort of. You know, it was long enough ago that I don't feel that embarrassed about it, but I think I was sort of simping for this person. Like I really liked them. This person has issues as you know, but I really liked them at the time. And so I think I wasn't communicating. I know I wasn't communicating my extreme irritation with her selfishness uh, in our, in our sex life. And so right. I was just trying to, um, I guess mold my behavior to what I thought. Did you ever win work. the race with her? Did you ever, did you ever come first and then like yeah. refuse to get her off? No, no, I didn't. So I what would you do then when you came first, what would happen? Uh, either oral or digital. But oral would mean that you had your nut down there. I think, yeah, again, this is a while ago. Oh, no. I think, you know, you're not going to like this, but for me, this is better. Uh, I think I was using a condom. And so, uh, but yeah, there's like a flavor associated yes, with that. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, uh, uh, since it came up, yeah, with partners whom uh, I'm spending a lot of time with, uh, I, and who were using con and with whom I'm using condoms. I will often start using condoms that don't have a lubricant on them so that if I'm going to go from vaginal to giving them or from PIV to giving them oral, I, the, uh, the residue from the lubricant that they put on condoms isn't there. Okay. It's not great. You can still taste the latex. It's not great, but okay. it's better than if you're, gagging down a bunch of spermicidal lubricant. Right. So there's, so there, I mean, I think that ultimately then this, if a woman has this really strong post something clarity, post something. Yeah. There is no word uh, for a female orgasm. Yeah. Maybe it's because it doesn't exist, Keith. Mm. There are only words for things that exist. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> we should explore yeah. other languages. So we, if no culture has it, then we'll have our answer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, so, so, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it actually is a pro it's almost like a dysfunction. Like if a woman has the inability or unwillingness, it's really strongly undesirable for her to continue sex after she orgasms. That's actually kind of a problem, right? It's like a relationship yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the same way that a, maybe erectile dysfunction or, um, yeah, some other similar male problem would actually be a relationship issue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that one. Uh, this person says, men, would it be okay if a woman you're hooking up with brought her toy along for the fun and hooking up with this guy for the first time in a few days, I was thinking if it might be a good idea at all to bring along my sex toy and suggest we use it together. Since I actually struggle with reaching orgasm. What do you think about this gentleman? Is there a chance that he'll take it badly? There's a chance for sure. <laughs> uh, this makes me, that's a, it's when you, when you said that, when you teased this in the intro, it actually made me think of this video. I saw, uh, I've seen the, several videos of a woman guess where I saw them. Um, <clears throat> my favorite social network now. Uh, oh, TikTok. With, yeah. With Dude, uh, vaginal gotta, dilators. Be careful there. I, I, I limit it to only when I'm using the bathroom pretty much at this point. What so is it's, a, it's still three hours a day or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's only 30 <laughs> minutes. The, uh, what is What is a vaginal dilator? Right. So it's, so she has some sort of a condition. There are a number of them. There's 
vaginismus. Oh, right. Okay. okay. For example, where we should perhaps it something that slowly physical. stretches your vagina. Yes. Okay. And it could be it could be physical. It could be psychological. I think most of the time it's well. I mean, is there a difference between physical and psychological? But I think it's, I think most yeah. of the time it's like it's more psychological in the sense that if you were to anesthetize her and put her to sleep for an hour, you probably could, it wouldn't, it's not that there's actually a physical blockage or something. It's, it's, it's an analogy I heard recently or probably read on Reddit is, uh, men struggling with erectile dysfunction, uh, young men struggling with erectile dysfunction. It's not that they can't get hard. It's that various psychological conditions create a situation where they are unable. Right. And it could be the same for women who sometimes, uh, feel pain when, when men penetrate them. Now, this is going to sound like a lot of victim blaming here. So yeah, the, the obvious disclaimer here is, uh, if it's painful to have sex, then don't do it. And, uh, maybe vaginal dilators can help people, even those with, uh, psychological issues. Unless pain is your thing. Right. Right. But, uh, in which case this, you need a, yeah. a vaginal, actually, I think there's surgery you could get to make your, yeah, well, there are a number tighter. of treatment options, but this woman's using uh, dilators <laughs> and, uh, uh, the, yeah. And, uh, uh, I've also seen videos with women using talking about anal dilators, which maybe we can talk about in a second, but the, what well, the thing that well, surprised that's me with this blood. woman, no, no, it wasn't, but hang on, let's, let's do the vaginal first. <laughs> okay. So the, uh, these, the, the vaginal ones, this woman was using were very, very, very narrow, like less than the width of the diameter, say of your pinky. That surprised me because I was thinking to myself, I'm genuinely surprised i think i'm genuinely surprised that a woman could get her vaginal opening that tight that like something smaller than a pinky would have difficulty entering but obviously it did because she had a dilator of that size and so that was huh. that was outside my sort of life life experience a little surprising and then she had another video where she graduated to the next larger one which was like also smaller than a pinky a so it's like this is going to be a really really long process like i don't and, yeah. then, and I, I guess i should describe them they're they have a cylindrical kind of flat base that pokes out of that a cylinder that's got a relatively rounded point end and maybe maybe as long as like your pointer finger so it might be two to three inches, maybe three inches long, maybe four. I don't know. Uh, and you know, in, uh, joyful colors. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she was like giving updates. Of course it could all be fake because she may have just found that this gets her follower, you know, like and follow, uh, by just faking that she's doing what this. What was she the wearing anal, yeah. while she's presenting this on TikTok? Like how do they, you she's can show cute, this stuff, but not wearing anything like low cut or anything. It's just, she's just an attractive okay. young woman. And she's speaking yeah. matter, matter of factly and showing the dilators themselves on camera. There's a little bit of wink, wink, nod, nod. And also because one of the entertaining aspects of TikTok, of course, is the fact that you can't talk about porn. You have to talk about corn. Uh, -huh. uh you can't talk about your, uh, penis. You have to say like, well, there, there are various things people say, uh, okay, to, but to it's avoid. basically a attractive young woman talking about how tight her vagina is. <laughs> well, when right. you say it that way, when you say it that way, but this is, this is so tight that like she can't have sex. So it's not like, okay, <laughs> but fair point. Fair well, point. <laughs> okay, I don't so, know if that's going to stop people from fantasizing, <laughs> but uh, fair enough. I, so yeah, you just upped my, my thinking the odds, oh, but she had the dialers. So this means that like, oh, you know, but fair enough. Like somebody to become a TikTok star, maybe they're w willing to invest in a set of, maybe I'd be willing to invest in a set of dilators. It would make me a TikTok star. It won't. It won't. Because Sorry. I went on and said I was dilating my anus. You could just be like, dude. <laughs> you like, could dilate your uh, urethra. Right. So this other woman for anal, which maybe is more interesting, similar story. She didn't show the dilators, but she was describing the process. And she said a couple interesting things. One is that you stop with a dilator that's just smaller than the guy's penis. So I was like, okay, that's you, promised, you promised to explain the difference between a butt dilator and a butt plug. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the difference is uh, that they're in a butt plug is typically just like a single size, right? It's just a plug you stick uh -huh. in. And secondly, um, the dilators are just cylinders, uh, so they're not. Uh, there's no like kind of bump in them, whereas a butt plug, I think, typically has a bump in it to sort of hold it in. So it's in other words, a little more barbell shape where there's a bump on the inside and on the outside of her asshole to sort of like make it so it stays. Whereas the dilator, like it, the point of it isn't that it's a plug that stays in there. It's a thing that you can easily slide in and out um, okay. to simply practice or train yourself.
uh, because there are people who want to train themselves for this sort of thing. Does that make sense, sense as a difference? <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay. The thing that I was having difficulty picturing uh, with the anal dilator lady was it, it became clear that this was all happening during a sex session. So this isn't that she's like sitting at home doing this while watching Seinfeld reruns uh -huh. on her TV. This is like she's having sex with a guy and she's progressively <laughs> inserting increasing size dilators into her butt. Wait, why? To get because she's trying to give him anal sex or oh. she actually her claim was of course that it's her it, it was a little even more sort of strange there because she then claimed that she really really enjoys it once he's able to penetrate her with his penis, but she only enjoys it for, for 5 minutes. Okay. Which right, made wait. me a little skeptical. I still want to understand okay, so she uses a dilator <laughs> and then he tries to penetrate her and it doesn't work. So then she, she goes up a notch and then he tries again and then up a notch. And no, then no, this is that she has a series of anal dilators and she just knows that she's going to get to the one that's one small size smaller than his penis. And then she'll switch over his penis. Oh, but she knows the, that she, she has experience. So she knows the size that she needs to get to. Right. And, and okay. so then, uh, but it is a little hard for me to understand like what, like, yeah, I mean, are they watching Seinfeld together and he's beating off saying like, right. what, what dilator are you up to, honey? She's like, oh, I'm on the five. He's and like, how okay, long, I'll just keep beating off. How long does she use each size? She didn't say that. I mean, they, look, these videos can't be that long or people will swipe away. It sounds a little yeah. bit like, have you ever made homemade pasta before? No. Okay. Well, the machine that you roll the dough through for, for starts with... Um, uh, like a fairly wide diameter and you roll it through okay. and it smushes the pasta out and then you turn it down a notch, you roll it through again, it smushes it out a little bit more again, 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 again. And there's usually isn't this, isn't making eggs. homemade, isn't making homemade pasta one of the things you do to like get chicks horny when you take them home? Well, I mean, it is right away. All my tricks here. That is a thing. No, I think you've I, told, I think you've said I've this on the podcast before. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I, uh, homemade pasta is uh, crowd pleasing. It's easy. You get your hands kind of dirty. It, uh, you know, it's tastes good. Uh, well, it involves lots cylinders. Of, it involves different size cylinders. It involves sort of rubbing the cylinders. <laughs> it sounds yeah. pretty good. I can, I can introduce the dilators uh, and it won't be as awkward. There's probably a uh, lubrication after. component, right? To get it through the machine. Maybe you have to sort of like oil the cylinder. Yeah, there's eggs and oil involved. Eggs? Look at this. You've got a cylinder and it's yeah. got eggs. Yeah, so we're yeah, talking yeah. about... Uh, yeah. Huh, sounds good. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how often, maybe, maybe a lot of women, uh, when you had your, uh, somewhat recent, uh, anal encounter, the, the anus mm -hmm. was pre-prepared for you. Uh, there was nothing you needed to do to <laughs> dilate the anus or you were not involved in the dilation routine. I was not. And okay. something, yeah, it had been prepared. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's standard or not. I think it might be. I think my anal experiences from uh, somewhat long ago were more painal <laughs> in the sense there was not uh, correct preparation. I, I mean, there was lubrication, but not like the sort of dilation preparation. So therefore, maybe it was not as comfortable as you, yeah. as it could be. Yeah. I don't know what the experience is. Like, can there be an experience where it just doesn't fit? And if it doesn't, is that because the man's you know, not stiff enough, or is it because the woman isn't prepared enough? I think the answer is no, there cannot be a situation where it doesn't fit. And that has the, 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 the evidence on that. It's just the, the amount of pain. No, it's the diameter of feces. The diameter is, of a human feces controls how big her anus can be. And I don't okay. think women produce feces that are I don't think it's common than the largest cock. Then yeah, it's like you wouldn't, yeah, I think typically a woman is capable of producing a, a poop that's bigger than your penis. Okay. It's sort of like when people say, oh, well, if you, I can fit a baby's head through there, I can fit your penis. It's that thing. Like, yeah, it's not. Right. I mean, men's penises aren't actually that big. Right. President company excluded, I guess. All right. I'm grossed out by this anal talk, but what about this woman who's bringing her toy to her first date? First that sexual date, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She says she's hooking up with a guy for the first time, not necessarily their first That's date. That's a terrible decision, uh, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a bad decision. I think right. some men would be absolutely fine with it. I would I would be fine. But some men would be extremely emasculated and confused and bummed out. And what do you, Keith? You, but I mean, let's, let's, a, a woman might say here, Mike, 
Okay, so I should just subjugate my pleasure and uh, to satisfy this man. Well, that's, that's a not reasonable very... point. That's hang on. So let let me say that let's say that I told you, let's say I offered you some money, and I said, Keith, the next three women that you get to the third date with on Tinder or whatever, you have to bring a flashlight <laughs> <laughs> with you and use it on yourself at some point. Let's say right. before you penetrate her, right. And you could say to her, hey, I don't want to subjugate my pleasure, et cetera. It's all the things she would say. <laughs> How do you think that would go? Well, obviously that would go <laughs> extremely poorly. And and forget the third date. You can make it the hundredth, right? Like, I mean, right. At, at some point, at some point, you know, uh, it would go from appalled to laughing at me. But right. In either so when you say hundredth, you mean you mean you've had sex, you've had ninety-seven sex right. involved dates, right, 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 right. Even then, I think it would be a plausible thing that could happen, and in the same way, a woman could introduce a toy. But having it on the first, it would not be as bad if a woman introduced it on the first sexual date. Although the man might think, like, "Wow, you," I think the natural reaction would be something like, "Wow, you really don't, <laughs> you're not expecting me to, like, give me a shot." or something right like, you know you never know right. like maybe i uh, just because your other partners and using your own fingers hasn't worked like give me a shot here but 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 for a man there would definitely be a different uh a different standard applied a a, a fleshlight brought on the first sexual date would probably mean no sex right i mean that's i mean i i suppose that's unfair but it's perhaps somewhat justifiable a lot of women especially uh modern women struggle to masturbate without some sort of vibrating device. And this is because they are more acceptable and. I okay. 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 So you can but get, that, what, what do they when, call it? It's what, what do we decide to call this? Not death grip. Death grip is when men. Oh, it's, it's white claw. <laughs> white claw. Yeah. Right. Where women can't orgasm without the aid of uh, electricity. Right. And uh, wouldn't, wouldn't the analogy there be that you wanted to have a porn that you're watching on a camera or on a uh, Oculus device while you have mm -hmm. sex on your first day? You say, hey, look, I have difficulty achieving orgasm without <laughs> this certain porn that I like to watch. I think men are expected to be able to orgasm comfortably uh, on a, in a first date scenario. And right. indeed, if you cannot, uh, you may. Yeah, I mean, you are. Uh, in the 99th percentile of uh, either sexual dysfunction or sexual advancement. I'm not sure which it is. You, Yeah, you're you, uh, two things on that. You've said that you are confident that a woman would on a first sexual date, but really any, but let's say on the first sexual date with a woman, that it's a real problem if you can't orgasm. It's sort of interesting. There is an amount of pressure on you. You've mm. not, but, and you've never had that happen, right? You've never not been able to get nut. We, on the Gosh, first time with yeah. a woman. Not that I can remember. I mean, I've had right. some extremely drunken yeah. uh, first That's a little ups, different. But yeah. I think even in those situations, I mean, look, it's a brand new partner. It's pretty arousing. Right. Um, so there's and, no problem there. Right. And and if I was so drunk that like I thought that there was, uh, yeah, if I was that, I guess at least with my body, I can't get that drunk and still really be even interested in having sex. If I'm, okay. if I'm if I'm capable of going through the motions of trying to have sex, I can I can muster an erection. Yeah, but this is an erection. This is a ejaculation. Sure, 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 sure. But okay, in the first encounter, you're probably wearing a condom, so you probably could fake it uh, if if necessary. But uh, yeah, you could. It's interesting. It's, it's, it would do yeah. a lot of psychological damage to lots of women, and it shouldn't. Everyone should be okay with men not always orgasming or always. You think it would do a lot hard. of psychological damage? I think it depends on the woman. Huh. It's interesting. I think a fairly standard experience would be to feel unattractive or humiliated or some combination of both. They should. Even though he was, what if? Do you think she would feel the same thing if he couldn't get an erection? I mean, there's a lot of context here. Is he drunk? Less so. Then. Let's say no. I mean, how old is he? 25. Yeah. Wouldn't be great. Wouldn't okay. be great. So ED think, is really I think a problem. A, I think a well-read uh, in the, you know, in the, in the sex literature woman might be able to persuade herself that this is just something that happens from time to time and there's nothing to panic about. But I think 
even even someone like that in the back of her mind would be like, huh, I wonder if this is something to do with me. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Not fair, how, but uh, I think that's the reality. It's interesting how male erections are. It's like they're they're either a minus ten or a plus ten. In most situations, a male erection is a minus ten. It's a really bad thing in the swimming pool, in the <laughs> sauna, uh, in the shopping mall, uh, just <laughs> almost anywhere. It's in my in the bathroom. Yeah, but in the sexual range, it's a plus ten. Like it's really it's necessary. Yeah, you know, well, it's a lot of pressure. And if if you're someone who uh, struggles with performance anxiety, then this would be a particular problem, right? I mean, first sexual encounters can be a little bit stressful. Maybe you're a little bit nervous. And so, yeah, I mean, it's there's sort of a snowball effect here that's not great. Yeah, it'd be nice if women understood more the need to have some porn, a fleshlight, maybe other women to help him get aroused uh, in that first sexual day to be useful. It's just like, honey, I just need one more woman. <laughs> Can we just go back to the club? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a brutal situation. Uh, do you want to try to do one more topic? Yeah. Hmm. I'm worried that this will take too long. I'm trying to see if I, Oh, I have a, okay. This is a decent short ish one. I think, uh, this person says a guy slept with, told me I was too wet and seemed to be grossed out by it. Kind of embarrassing to post this, but I'm curious what you all think about this. Basically, we were having sex after like a quick break. After I had came. Wait. Yeah, (laughs) it's so annoying. Basically, we were having sex. And after like a quick break, after I had come to switch positions, he stopped and wiped off his penis and then just asked for a hand job. I was really disappointed because I was enjoying it, but I was happy to do that for him so he could finish. Afterwards, I asked why he stopped. He said he just said I was too wet. I think he was grossed out by it and thought it was slimy or something. I could tell he was embarrassed to say it, but I told him that being wet was a good sign that I enjoyed sex with him. We just laughed it off. It really didn't hurt me because I know being wet is a good thing, but now we are no longer having sex or talking for completely unrelated reasons. <laughs> okay. I'm self-conscious mm. about being too wet, and that other guy will secretly be other guys will secretly be disgusted by how wet I am. It confused me. What do y'all think? Thanks. I'm worried this is a euphemism. What do you, what do you, what's your thought? What do you mean? I don't know. What, uh, what do you mean? Euphemism for what? For her being unattractively overweight. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind okay, of like. Can we, can we, yeah. can we, can we table that? Maybe. Okay, but fine. Let, for the sake of a yeah. more interesting discussion, let's ignore that. Okay. Well, uh, I'll just say that the issue there could be, there could be a lot of fluid in just a lot of folds of skin and stuff. That's, that's basically what I'm thinking. But like, yeah, let's table it. That's I got fine. it, Mike. Yeah. I understand your thought there. I just, it's gross and I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's not gross. We're, we're very sex positive here. It's, it, it, no, it's, it's not, gross. it's not for some. Uh, so why did this man want to switch? Uh, okay. So it can't be that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, okay, you, you said you said mm-hmm, like a like like it's a chess position that I have to yeah. find the right move. It's like yeah. okay, if I put my knight here, does that check his king? You're like, Maybe it's like all right. So the uh, uh, so I'm thinking um, it's uh, so there is the issue that uh, you can be too wet in the sense that yeah, there's you a little bit of friction is sort of necessary. Um, yeah. There also is the possibility that he's just inexperienced and yeah, yeah. Let's set aside sort of all this. Let, let's assume that he said what he actually thought, which is oh, that, that he that thought she's she was too wet. wet. Yeah. Okay. I feel like there's some answer you're looking for here. I mean, uh, like here, I'll, I'll, here's what I think. Okay. I think it is possible to be too wet. There's some amount of normal lubrication, okay. and uh, if there is an excessive amount, it's just so slippery that it reduces the amount of friction. Um, yeah. That, yeah. that, that, that feels ideal. And, well, yeah. you know, there's this sort of <laughs> counteracting thing, which is, I think people are meant to think that, you know, being wet, being sopping wet, I'm dripping. Oh, I've soaked my panties, right? Like these are supposed to be all be like great signs that the woman is, is really aroused. And those can indeed be good signs, although some women get wet even when they're not aroused and 
so women don't get wet even when they are aroused. And so there's spectrums there. But uh, setting aside whether it's a great sign that you're wet at all, uh, I think there is such thing as too wet. Now, a woman can't control that. And that's sort of a bummer. And uh, she probably could. I mean, they have those uh, silica packets that are shipped with uh, <laughs> things that they did it. Well, yeah, various things to keep keep uh, fluid from Moisture being in out. there. There's probably some sort of you know alum. <laughs> if you put alum, uh, sort of aluminum powder or uh, deodorants. Yeah, I was thinking antiperspirants. She, could, she could refuse to drink water for a couple of days leading up to the date. She should be sort of chapped. Uh, I will say that mm-hmm. um, I learned from the very well-known <clears throat> hip-hop song, Fuck You, uh, by Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Devin the Dude, mm-hmm. that uh, if it's... That, that, that there are situations when you're having sex where you should take it out, wipe it off and put it back up. <laughs> uh, so that is a, a move apparently that's oh, used in the hip hop You community. could use it as like a, it's not a dipstick. A dipstick just checks the level. It's uh, what's like, yeah, you want to, you want to well, plunge like, out like, some of the lubrication. Yeah. Like the, right. You pull it out and you, and you, and you wipe it off. So you need some sort of oil rag <laughs> kind of device. That, and so, could I mean, you, that, could you shove some like, like paper that, towels or a, or a tampon up there? <laughs> Well, I mean, given the under you could, I mean, given the, under, the my understanding of the, uh, well, the 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 current theory around the shape of the male glands penis yeah. being designed to plunge out fluids, yeah, maybe it's uh, other maybe, men's semen. Yeah, you could maybe simply their, maybe their theories is wrong. It, it's that uh, prehistoric women were just much wetter, and it's not to plunge out semen; it's to plunge out excess lubrication. Right, the excess lubrication. Yeah, I mean, but it, or they were all having sex in water. Uh, and they, uh, underwater, it was some sort of a prehistoric global warming. But, yeah, the, yeah, but, but seriously, like, I mean, I don't like this is really easily solved if he just wipes his penis off. I don't right? know, man. I I feel like women can secrete a lot of lub- lubrication. I'm not sure. You think you've been with a woman where you couldn't have wiped it down fast enough? Uh, using the strategy you propose, yeah, I think so. So the strategy just in case our listeners are following along is you, you, you thrust, you remove, you wipe off, you thrust, you remove, you wipe off, you thrust, you remove, wipe off. And well, this, not every this thrust. process, through this process, you remove an adequate amount of lubrication. Hang on. Not, not to, every thrust. And also this is not my strategy. It's the strategy of Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg <laughs> okay. and Devin, the dude okay. who are pretty Sorry, well that, known to Yeah. We, we should cite our sources. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Maybe through their, uh, <laughs> combined, thousands of experiences they've uh right they've cultivated the perfect perfect technique yes yeah. yes uh, de- uh yeah so i mean I, I i okay you okay in my view i disagree mm-hmm. with you i don't think women produce that much lub- lubrication i don't think you'd have to do it every stroke i think you could do it once during the entire session or maybe twice that it would be sufficient to yeah. solve to resolve this uh to the extent this is an issue resolve it and kind of uh it's almost i i i don't think I've ever really done this. Although I, I mean, everybody's taken their penis out and had it kind of dry off. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. in that situation, yeah, when you put it back in, there's more friction. Right. So yeah. it does sort of, although it's not as good as, it's still not as good as the beginning of the session yeah. because there's something, there's some kind of desensitizing that happens. So your penis is like used to the sensations more and that's, it's not quite as good, but it's, it's maybe like an eight out of 10 versus the 10 out of 10 at the beginning. She of the might session. also be wetter at that point too. It's hard to it's hard to evaluate that. It is. Yeah. There you would actually have to do some sort of internal scrub uh, of the lubrication, which would be challenging. Um, I wonder what the uh, volume differences like are are some are some women like twenty percent wetter, or are they like two thousand percent wetter? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 absolutely are uh our differences and of course difference uh, the different level of arousal is going to make a difference and probably like what time of what hormonal time of the month it is matters too right so like there's right. just there's so many factors it's just you could never figure it out you need a mm-hmm. supercomputer and you have to play nine-dimensional chess mm-hmm. so okay i think this is a good place to wrap up sure so that'll do it for episode 71 of your mileage may vary we can be contacted at YMMVPod on Twitter or by email at YMMVPod at gmail.com. Getting better at getting both those YMMVPods out. I used to stumble over those all the time. 
In any case, we still pay $10 for feedback and always enjoy hearing from you. So hit us up. Thanks to Mike for his time. Thanks to you for your <laughs> decision to listen. And we hope you'll join us next week on Your Mileage May Vary. Je me retiens. Non.